I wish I did a better job. But I think that's like, see, this is disciple making, not made youth ministry podcast. And so I think I'm still in the like process of trying Absolutely. to like figure out these things. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. Welcome to episode eight of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. Jeremy, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing really well. Uh, it's been a beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. I actually went out this morning and played hockey. I saw that on your IG. Yeah, I'm learning how to play goalie. How do you have time to do that? Uh, you have two kids, a wife. Eight, eight to nine a.m. in the morning, and come home, take a shower <laughs> instead of the gym. That's actually pretty good. Cool. And what position do you play? I'm going to play goalie. Nice. I played lacrosse goalie in college, so it's there's a little hangover there. But oh my gosh, that's awesome! Um, I'm sore. I'm sore. I what did I do this weekend? This was Easter weekend, and it if was. you're listening, to this so uh, we celebrated Easter, and then we did it with my family, and then I went home and I remodeled our fire pit area. Nice. That was what I did, and then on uh, on Monday I smoked some ribs. Uh, any? Uh, do you smoke meat? Are you there yet? Not yet. Uh, I have a, a nice grill outside. Smoker's the next step. Yeah, it's. It's been a learning curve, but apparently I make some of the best pulled pork that my senior pastor has ever, ever made. Uh, so I actually saw this meme the other day, and I'll, I'm going to transition us nicely into what we're talking about. <laughs> I saw this meme the other day is that it said, when you're 35, you have to make a choice between whether or not you're going to smoke meat or get really into World War II history. And can I tell you, Jeremy? That in January, I had not seen this meme before. In January, I watched all of Band the Band of Brothers, and then in the last three weeks, I gotten really into smoking meat. So it really works for it works for us. So speaking of World War II, though, yeah. uh, today in our episode, we're going to be talking about preparing students for post high school. I don't know about you, Jeremy. But this time of year always gives me pause to reflect because, you know, back in when I did watch Band of Brothers, uh, they had all of this uh, this training they did in Kirahi. The mm-hmm. you know they had this mm-hmm. the hill they had to go up, and it was to build their stamina and it was to get them ready and sharp and it was to get them to uh, a place that when combat came and when it was time to you know uh, cast those checks that that they would be good to go. Um, you know, as funny as that they really hated their their kind of lieutenant guy that you know had put them in mm-hmm. their shape, and, but they were the best trained group. Uh, the Easy Company was the best trained group uh, out of all of the companies that they had at that point. And so for us, this season is about, you know, all these students that have come through our ministries, these families that have come through our ministries, these, these, these families uh, that have raised up in our church for, you know, some of them, uh, these students are about to, you know, graduate from high school and depart from our ministry uh, and head off into college or post-college or whatever it is for them. And the reflective things that I have are, how well did we do as the church yeah. for these students? I think thinking back on remembering some of the memories as well, Yeah. Uh, thinking of, of past classes that have come through. So I, I think as this time goes on, I'm thinking back to, oh, what are our seniors doing from last year now, college freshmen, and how are they doing? So yeah, I think reflection marks a lot of what's going on as well as uh, grad parties start kicking up 
and we're starting to be around. And then I'm families. broke by the end of the summer. Yeah, exactly. I think I have 14 seniors this year. Wow. How many seniors do you have? Uh, we have five. Okay. So yeah, not, yeah. not quite as many. We had like, I think we had like five or six or something. No, no, it was probably close to 10 last year. Um, so yeah, it varies from year to year. I mean, how do you go through this time frame? How you know what's this season like for you? Obviously, with COVID, you last year was a little bit different. But how, what's the season like for you? Yeah, um, now coming out of Easter weekend, really a, a focus on this last few months. Uh, we we really I don't know in our ministry, I feel like we have another four or five weeks of of real focused ministry before everything kind of gets crazy. And so we really are, are focused right now on. Recruiting leaders for next year. Yep, uh, we're focused on preparation for things for the summer. What we're doing, and really trying to nail down relationships with these students before their uh, summer hits of their senior year, and they just disappear. Unfortunately, usually mm-hmm. at that point in time. So it, it's a lot of preparation to that end. We don't any longer. We used to, but we don't any longer do like a big youth Sunday um, okay. where we would do everything instead we've moved to a model of celebrating seniors um so that's taken a little bit off our plate uh in that regard but a lot of it is just touching base doing some one-on-ones i had wings yesterday with one of our seniors just catching up and uh seeing how he's doing preparing for he's actually going to be an electrician so he's going that direction it's just so doing a lot of those last meetings kind of in this time and seeing seeing where everyone's at is what our time looks like right now. Yeah, so if we could, uh, I was just thinking through this question, what do we hope that we would have mm. done, right? So let's say, you know, we I, the class that I have this year, I think about 90% of our seniors has have been there since they were in the sixth grade. Mm. So they're about to graduate all seven years with us. You know, I don't know if you have anybody in that category right now. Yeah, I would say all of our seniors have been here since since early middle school except yeah. for one yeah yeah, you, yeah i mean i mean what's the difference between one and two years i sure. mean they've been around for yeah. a long time so what do we want to have had happen <laughs> what what are some measures because this is i mean this is really where we begin to see whether or not youth ministry specifically the church has been successful mm-hmm. uh with you know with ministry so what it is what is it that we think that are some good markers uh for us uh, to determine whether or not we have been successful in student ministry, so to speak, if I could use that that term. Yeah, uh, because I think if we're determining success based on uh, how well we've discipled. Sure. And so we're, we're kind of asking that question, of how do we see, what are we looking for? Um, I would say as we're looking, it, we try not to judge too harshly now. Uh, I think the the true mark will be as we're seeing them through college and and how their faith is either maturing or stalling and, and where they are then. Um, so for for us, it's it's seeing and reflecting back how how involved have they been and and what's the relationship look like. One of the tangible markers we can find in our ministry is how many adults have we gotten plugged into their life. Mm. How many adults know them other than just their parents or me and a, and a volunteer? Yeah, that's social scaffolding. Yeah, and, and one of the things we've done over this past few years uh, has been, and you see it every time we walk, we're in my church right now in the basement recording, and you walk by the wall that says Pray For Me campaign. Yeah. And the pictures of what we've done is connected students with adults in our congregation who want to pray for them throughout the school year. And so 
This isn't a mentor program. This is simply a prayer partner program, but it starts to build some of those long-term relationships where, uh, you know what happens if you're praying for someone every day, Joel? You end up thinking about yeah, them a lot. Them a lot more, yeah. You, you want to see them on Sunday morning. You, you ask them questions. And, and so um, seeing how those relationships have grown over the years between people that have no interest in quote unquote volunteering in youth ministry, but love praying for a student yeah. and, and seeing how many of those types of people we can get plugged into the lives of these kids. And do you, do you, do those same people, um, kind of keep in touch with them after they've graduated? Uh, do you have some that drop? I'm sure you have some that drop off, but like, what, what would you say is, you know, uh, what's happening, you know, post high school for those students in that particular prayer partner? So this is going to be interesting because we first launched this a little over two years ago. Okay, right. Okay. So we're actually coming now against our first reset this fall. We gotcha. We didn't get to do a real close and reset right. for, for reasons. And uh, so this next fall, when we relaunch every year and partner up, either stay with the same kid or you, you can get a new partner, um, we're going to see how some of that comes to fruition through that process. Yeah, that's good. So we have a we have a college care program um, that we do something similar. Now, I think one thing that you know we could probably change up is that we get these people like maybe junior year, mm-hmm. right? Rather than like, oh, hey, here's a person to pray for and send you know encourage. That, that's still good, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. good, but to have the relationship with those people. Um, do you do you still have like con- do you make contact ki- with kids like post high school like I mean do you find yourself intentionally reaching out to them to check in or what's that look like for you Sorry, I, I know I'm asking you a ton of questions today. I'm gonna ask. It's you not because I'm unprepared. By the way, I have sh- uh, you know a sheet in front of me. Go ahead. You're far more prepared than I. I thought we were doing a different episode. <laughs> That's today. okay. Um, yeah, intentionally sometimes. Um, it, it really comes down to trying. Uh, and honestly, this is where social media has been helpful because if I'm on okay. social media, I'm seeing students. And so they, they don't just fall out of sight, out of mind because they're present. And so there are some conversations. Usually it'll look like a, a reaching out uh, via social media and, and trying to connect up when they're home for coffee or something along right, those right, lines. Right. And, and when uh, the, all the shutdown happened and kids came home from college, we were able to have some connection with our college students at that time. Uh, we do have a, a care package program, right. but I, w- I would say the it's been even more natural once they graduate college, that next transition again, we really intentionally reach out and check in and see how they're doing. And something really interesting happening here in our context is my first year of sixth grade students, one of which who's on staff with us, Kaylin, um, are all starting to move home. Hmm. So one more student finishes moving home today. That'll make six of the eight of that class now have all just moved back home and they're all either not that far out of college or in that 26 to 25 range and we're getting to all connect back up and see see where God's been see what God's been doing so that happens because of longevity and ministry that I'm still in this place yeah um, so that would be some of the ways that we've connected uh, it's not been as intentional as I've wanted it to be. Yeah. It, it's hard to focus on everything. I can scapegoat it because um, I have we have a young adult pastor. There you go. And so I just blame him for, for everything. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I think one thing that I've noticed is that I want to definitely be more intentional, sure. but specifically in that first year. Yeah. And even if it's like a text or a call and just checking in, I think that that's really good. 
Um, you know, it sounds like one of you, one of the ways that you guys do it is you're trying to connect the, your students with the people of your church. Correct. Uh, so I, you know, to go off that same idea, what I what I hope to accomplish and what I think is a good measure of success is is communicating to our students what is Christian community. Mm. So I think in one sense it is Sunday services, but it is also like um, when when we do our program, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, when, when kids gather, when we gather together and we have small group, it's such a rare thing. You know, I often talk to parents about this and I say, or, and I say to students too, I say, you know, what other venue, what other activity are you doing? Will you sit down with other people that are your age talking about the things that are going on in your life, being open and vulnerable about particular things, talking about sin, uh, and talking about the hope of Christ in the midst of those things. Mm -hmm. This is the only place. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we do in our small groups does matter. I think the conversations that happen there, and, and you know, I just found, I had this one group one year, super open group. They were, they were confessing sin just about every, like, you know, 1.5 small groups. <laughs> but I just one group that just never got to that place of vulnerability. And I wonder if it's just, you know, it varies from student to student. But I think what what I came to discover, and this is part of my own story, is it wasn't until I got into Christian community in college yeah. uh, where I started, you know, getting open and always listening to other people get open and honest about the things that they were struggling with. And then that gave me courage mm-hmm. to talk about those things. Because if these guys can talk about the way that they messed up, I think I can too. I wasn't actually a Christian at that point yet. Yeah. But I think the importance of what is a Christian community to a kid matters, to a student matters. Because one of the hopes that I that I have is that we will have created such a place that where there's both you know truth uh, being spoken, mm-hmm. uh, hard things being said, confession happening, but grace being received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not to be cheesy, but you know, we're you know, we're be like Planet Fitness that we want to be a judgment free zone. And my hope is is that when a student goes off to college they know the important they want to find that again sure they want to they want to look for that like and i and i try to tell kids like we like you got a two week window right here as you show up like f- you know we'll, i'll talk about this a little bit later but like find a christian community and i had a i had a couple students i had one student go to ohio state and he went to one of them and he was like it was super cheesy and i'm like oh darn it but i think what the, to the point is he went looking for Christian community because he saw the value in it when he, when he was a part of youth group. So I think that's, that's a measure of success. So, so other than showing them what Christian community can be and helping them desire that, are there any things you do to help them get connected to Christian communities at the, the universities or the colleges they're going to? So I, I wish I did a better job, but I think that's like, See, this is disciple making, not made youth ministry podcast, and so I think I'm still in the like process of trying Absolutely. to like figure out these things. Yeah. I, well, I think one helpful thing. I'm there's definitely some people that are better than uh, at this than I am. I, I had a conversation with a kid last. We we spent some time going through a book uh, before you go. I hmm. uh, can't remember the guy's name, uh, but it was a good book. But it gave us reason to talk about like, okay, what are the churches like? What church are you going to attend? Mm-hmm. What? And he was going to Grove City College. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, that's a that's a that is a Christian college. And so I said, dude, if you can't find a Christian community on that campus, that's on you, right? It's <laughs> it's your fault. I went I went to Gordon College. So it's a Christian college yeah. up in uh, New England, and we would have 
I can't even tell you how many churches would bring their church van Sunday morning. Yeah. They park in the parking lot and you just go, okay, which, which unmarked van white van am I getting in today? <laughs> this is fine. Um, but yeah, and it's not easy uh, to even get to church when you have that availability. And so that's so why I, I was asking. Yeah, and that's good. And, and well, our uh, our associate director Sophia, she went to University of Pittsburgh, okay. and so she had to be intentional to be part of the the Christian communities that were mm-hmm. there. She was a big part of Young Life while she was there, and so, but that's on her. Like she, yeah. I think she saw that when she attended youth group, uh, and she wanted that, and so she went and found it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to go out and say something, you know, very bold. It's this: is that I have become convinced, Jeremy, um, you know. I've been able to look. At, I've been able to look at the rosters from over the years. I had this like. I think it was like this time last year. I was in this state of like reflection, and I went back and I looked at the list of like. I think we over the course of the last you know seven eight years we've had about you know I'd say anywhere between 150 to 250 mm-hmm. students come through a mm-hmm. ministry, and I could go through the list, and I can tell you which of those graduated students are still strong in their faith, and I can tell you which ones aren't, and I can tell you why. Because the number one reason that I have seen, the at least the, the data showed me, and I can't speak on behalf of other youth <laughs> ministries, but the number one factor of a student to continue their uh, connection to the things of Christ uh, was that they were intentional to find Christian community mm-hmm. once they got off to college at some point. And it, it's not necessarily in that first year or the second year, but at some point along the way, they got plugged in to either a church or a Christian community on campus, and that yeah. was the linchpin for them to remain connected to the church and to the body of Christ. And so these I, which means these students that I saw on my roster that are far away from the things of faith, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, they did not intentionally find mm-hmm. Christian community. They didn't. They weren't even looking for it. Yeah. And I and I think it is such a cruel. And I've become, you know, I've been convicted of that over the last you know year, which is why I'm like, I feel like I need to definitely put more of an effort in for this. Um, is to help them get connected mm-hmm. in those for, in that especially that first year to some sort of Christian community because I think that it will help them to a stay afloat and connected to Christ during those years. Yeah, and I that's such good information because I think it, it reminds us that preparing kids for post high school isn't just about giving them information as they leave, but helping them build habits to seek out that community something that we've tried to do and and we could be better at it as well um a staff person we had here for a while on staff was also with the cco yeah christian coalition outreach and um what we've done traditionally is students as they graduate they get a bible from us and inside that bible not only do we write the sappy like miss you so right right um k-i-t yeah and but we, we also put contact information of the leader on campus who is leading That's CCO great. or leading InterVarsity because not everywhere has CCO. And I email their information, my our students' information to that leader and, and say like, here's a Christian student yeah. who believes these things, yeah. who's in the faith, uh, like go get them. Okay. Now it doesn't always work. And I'm not saying that uh, even everyone's responsible receptive to that but i think it's then then a two-way I, I hope that our students have a desire to seek it out themselves but i also know how easy it is to have that desire and still never act upon it yeah and so giving that nudge to a leader to say hey here's a christian 
who's grown up in the church or been in our ministry who needs Christian community, um, and it's a silver platter. <laughs> Please take them, yeah, right, love right, them, right, care right. for them. Um, and, and so that's just something small, it, but it's not as easy as you think to find, and this is frustrating, who the campus leader is and right. what their information is. Right. It's it's not easy. But Yeah, I think it's probably easier. I don't know. It feels like it should be easier at like a Christian campus, but when you get into like a you know, a state university or something like that, that might be a little bit more difficult. But I've had students say to me that they'll like walk through and look at the kind of the boards and the mm. in the common areas and that that stuff will be up there, right? So they'll they'll be able to find those connections. Um, so okay, outside of Christian community, what do we think are some other ways of successfully being able to help students be prepared uh, you know once they head off uh, post high school uh well this builds off of where we talked last time we met about yeah. the bible and i think apologetics and a basic understanding of having a a defense for what i believe uh doesn't mean that we need each student to have a degree in apologetics once they leave our ministry right but i think a basic understanding to uh, give a reason for the hope that is within me. Yeah. Um, to be that isn't just personal experience, because I think personal experience, while can be good, we even see in Acts when and in the in the letters that Paul writes, he talks about so many other reasons before he starts saying, "Oh, and by the way, I met Jesus." Right. He he gives all these other reasons first, and so I think apologetics can be helpful. We were planning a trip to to do just that to go out to California and work with EPC World yeah. Outreach. Um, along an organization, alongside an organization that evangelizes to Muslim communities. Gotcha. And to learn how to share the gospel to someone who doesn't just not believe, but believes something different, um, I think is so helpful in firming up what it is that we believe. So in other words, making disciples who learn to make disciples firms up that apologetic. Yeah, I, dude, and I think, I think that's one I have every now and then, is this question of do... My students know how to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's there's actually two parts to that. Part number one, do they know what the gospel <laughs> is? Yeah. Number two, do they know how to share it if somebody asks them? So, I, I mean, I've had times in the past where I've had, you know, uh, I've kind of, you know, challenged students with that. It was like, hey, if someone ever came up to you and said, hey, uh, you know, or I actually had this one student during a Bible study was somebody had texted them mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or sent them a message on Instagram and said, hey, I'm, I'm exploring all these different faiths. What is it that Christianity believes? And it's like, okay, here's the like, this. now we're about to cash this check. Can, can we, do we have enough to cover it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I think, um, she, you know, he shared some stuff and I, it, it was... I feel like sometimes what students have to do is they say concepts and they have to explain certain things, mm -hmm. um, which I, yeah, I think that can be helpful at times. But I, I, what I'm what I'm curious about is like if a student left our ministry, mm -hmm. were we clear of how and are they clear that if somebody asked them that mm -hmm. question, mm -hmm. would they know how to answer that question and share that with them? And and, I, and some of it might also be like theological, right? So. You know, somebody says, you know, if we shared the gospels, God, you know, created us to be with him, but our sin separated us from God, and sin cannot be removed by good mm -hmm. deeds, and paying the price of sin, Jesus died and rose again, and everyone who trusts in Christ and Christ alone has life, and life with Christ starts now and lasts forever, and mm -hmm. that, you know, we enter into that kingdom relationship with him. 
you know, would a kid be able to like, if someone followed up and was like, so you mean to tell me that everybody who doesn't believe in Jesus is like condemned or they and like, so there it is. There is the like, yeah. how do we, have we created the tension? It's on my list of questions for the end. Have we created a tension mm-hmm. for a kid to be able to work out those sorts of things? So I think biblical literacy and the understanding of the gospel are, are really important, especially mm-hmm. if you want them to feel confident, because I feel like what can be, easy to do especially because that especially if they're going to college and that first couple weeks of like exploring through stuff and and they're 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 this this wide open world of freedom and you know i had a kid one i had a student one time we like it was like a wednesday me and our associate sat down with him and he wanted to have lunch with us one last time and was like hey you know you can make the decision to like not go to any parties Three days later, posting on his Instagram, he's all so there's this like he'd never had this boundless freedom before, and now that he had it, you know, he went the other way, and so uh, or went not the way of God. And so, I think, like, you know, even as he's exploring, and if someone were to challenge him and and, and ask him those questions, would he feel the confidence to be able to articulate mm-hmm. it well? And I think that word articulation is probably the most important of this. So, does a student know the gospel? Do they know how to share mm-hmm. it with other people? Well, it reminds me, just saying it like that, that uh, Sean McDowell, um, he talks about his youth ministry and how he would take his youth ministry in Utah to go door to door to share the gospel with Mormons mm-hmm. and kind of take their playbook I and put do it. it. I know you do. That's I why I say do it. I feel like I'd get in trouble. Like I, I, I've like had this, I, I probably have to like pass this with leadership, but like I want just to say the sentence, I want to invite Mormon missionaries to Chick-fil-A and I want to bring some students along and let them share and then have the kids like, so, mm-hmm. cause I think that that tension is so important. You know, if you go to lift weights, the only way you can get stronger yep. is if you put tension on yep. the muscles and, and to adjust to that certain kind of weight. Yep. And that's a, a feeling that I've had lately is this like, okay, are we creating enough tension for these kids so that when that tension comes, when they're in these conversations post high school, you know, I, I always tell them like, <laughs> I'm trying to cut the umbilical cord. Like, I don't want you to have to rely on me anymore. Um, I'll coach you along the way if you need me to, but like, you know, I can't answer every, I can't not answer those questions for you when that question comes, uh, because I won't be there. You will. So I think that's, that's one thing that I'm, you know, I, I'm constantly thinking about is, are we teaching well in such a way that provides that tension so that they could actually feel the weight of that question? Uh, should it come in real time? Well, and, and, and just to even be talking in such a way that the tension they're going to experience is expected. Uh, I, I think that for us to to not be honest that colleges and universities are not places uh, that are Christian positive, meaning yeah. you're going to walk into most and if not all, but most universities uh, that aren't already Christian and find direct opposition, not just passively so, to what you say you believe as a Christian, yeah. um, particularly from professors and and to not be ready to stand firm, to not be ready and expecting that, you're going to get knocked back and go, whoa, I, wa- I wasn't ready. I didn't know it would be like this. And so not to scare our students or our families, but to be realistic to say, it's it's not going to be easy, particularly if you don't find a community, as we've already said, and if you're not in your Bible regularly. Even if you are in those two things, it's mm-hmm. still not going to be easy. And so creating tension, like you're saying, yeah. I think it is huge to building the muscles of not just being put flat on our backs when we meet someone that goes, well, I don't believe that. Well, and I almost want that to happen more. I mean, that was, sure. that, that was true for me. I remember... 
you know, long, long time ago, I got caught up into a, a, a conversation with uh, with Mormons, and I prov- I think I provided an answer that like I didn't like, and mm-hmm. so then I you know went back to the you know went back to my mental tape and I was playing it back and and I figured out where the flaw was. But I think until those times come, and, and, and kids. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I'd say is like I'll be happy when those times come for the, these students, but I feel like it's such a there's such a strong cultural narrative that if you don't accept what the majority narrative is, then you're going to be outcasted. And I think students don't want that, especially if they're going to college and mm-hmm. they're trying to find friends. Um, and, yeah, no, <laughs> those they, aren't important. Do you want friends? Then you need to not believe what you believe. I mean, and I think mm-hmm. that might happen for some students. And so I think, um, yeah, the importance of Christian community, uh, the importance of uh, knowing Scripture, knowing the gospel, uh, but also uh, providing opportunities of tension mm-hmm. uh, for them to navigate those conversations. Now, I think I said this in the Bible problem episode. Did I talk about the like sparring in the boxing match? Did I talk about that last I week? I think you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or it, we did beforehand. Either way, say it again. You know what? I'm going to say it again. So I think... What we do, what we can do in our churches and in our groups and our gatherings is is it's like a sparring match. So if you're a boxer, right? So you don't you don't just jump into the ring after you've agreed to a match. You've got to work on your stamina. You've got to work on your jab. You've got to work on your timing. You have to work on uh, counter punches. You've got to work on all these things. And the boxing match is not the time to work on those because the boxing Uh match will go to show whether or not you did work on them. And so I feel like what we can provide for our youth ministries is a sparring match, is a sparring uh, ring where we can put students in those situations and, and, and as uncomfortable as they may be. But the, the payoff, I think, is good because they begin to feel those things. So we're doing that on my retreat here in a couple of weeks. We're putting them in those moments where they have to kind of counter some of the cultural narratives with looking at Scripture and seeing if mm-hmm. they can filter it. So, so that's the other one. The, the last one I was thinking about, I don't know if this is the last one. I'm sure more people have more ideas. But the idea of uh, being able to be the body of Christ and serve those around yeah. them. Because the important part of service is that that is a place where I've found a lot of students, you know, learn that there's a world outside themselves. Like anytime mm-hmm. we've gone to Haiti or we go to a mm-hmm. trip to West Virginia, students have just uh, been taken aback by the real needs in the world. But then there is that, you know, there is that moment as we begin, as we continue to teach them, is like, oh, by the way, this is what it looks like to actually love like Jesus does. Yeah. And so, and it doesn't have to be the big service projects. I think. I think, you know, there's little things you can do around the house with your, you know, in your neighborhood. You know, we had, um, you know, we had one student who headed up a clothing drive sometime. It's a, you know, a bigger project, but they, you know, took it upon themselves to uh, to work on that. And it's, and, and we had students who did a backpack drive mm-hmm. and, and that was completely apart from us. But what it's teaching these kids to do is the, is the value of serving others and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Because I think, I think we, especially here in the West, we live in this weird tension of, of that you know, evangelical conservative Christians are uh, all they think about is theory, <laughs> and then you know, more progressive or you know, liberally minded Christians tend to think all practice. Yep. If you read the Bible, it's pretty clear. It's both. <laughs> it's to live in love like Jesus and know who Christ is. Yeah, and and I think that. Um... To, to reiterate what you're saying and to say it the same way, I think by doing that, by showing them service as a lifestyle, yeah. not just a event we put on the calendar, we've now given them a lens by which to understand why they're going to college in the first place 
it's to break apart this idea of I had good grades in, in high school to get into a good college, to get a good job, to be happy. That isn't the Christian way. That isn't following Jesus. It's not about being happy because we got a good job that pays and we have 2.5 kids and the dog and the fence and all yeah. the things. But instead to see, oh, I'm being called into a profession where I can love people like Jesus. That it's not just about going on a mission trip, but it's, wow, in my classroom and in my uh, project groups that I'm in and in my dorm room and in these places, I'm actually here to do what I've been trained to do. Yeah, yeah. do, do students see uh, college as uh, something to be leveraged for the kingdom of God? Do, do they see what they'll learn and the education they'll get and in, in what they'll be able to do post-college as, you know, being able to use those things for the kingdom of God. I got a, you know, we have a student who's like, you know, incredible kid. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's 22 now and uh, he works for, um, oh, what's the big one? Like, uh, oh, there's a big financial firm. If you say it, I'll know it. JP Morgan? No, no. I can't. It works. <laughs> I'm thinking through commercials. <laughs> I know, no, sorry. It works for a big financial corporation. And and he's he's being able to present to them mm-hmm. how they can partner with like service projects or some <laughs> sort of mission group to be able to help people in dire need. And this is a student who's like 22 and he's like just started this job. He's already in this position where he's using his kingdom mind Amen. to utilize his his position. And oh, Goldman Sachs. There you go. That's where he's at. And to be able to utilize the financial, like almost unlimited financial opportunity <laughs> in front of him to be able to benefit mm-hmm. the kingdom of God for it. And 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 I'll, I will say this. I will say that is, not, that is not just something that I think he learned at youth group, although he was very active in it. Mm-hmm. But his parents mm-hmm. were so crucial in understanding how important it is to give back and serve those around us, especially given the, um, uh, the resources that they had. Yeah, and, and, and worldview, mindset, how he approaches those things, absolutely. You can't take credit for that <laughs> in no, the same no, way that, that his parents his parents can. And I think that that's a, a good thought to remember. Uh, any any other tips, thoughts, as, as we think about how to prepare these kids for post-high school? I think that's, you know, as we're, I was thinking through, and I thought that'd be, you know, at least a good starting place for us is, is those three. I mean, if sure. you want to add some more, you can. I have some questions to kind of close us with. But, you know, those three right there, the importance of Christian community, the importance of understanding the gospel mm-hmm. and knowing Scripture and, and creating tension uh, to be able to help kids learn how to, to talk about it well. And that last part is, like, just being the hands and feet of Jesus, to be a part of the church in such a way uh, that they, they look at the world around them, they see it much bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. and that they're able to participate and leverage what they're going to get when they go to college for the kingdom of God, not only in college, but afterwards as well. Well, and I think, think of it that way, then it becomes a cycle, right? It becomes a cycle where they're serving to do what? To get people into the community, to hear the gospel, to be a part of what's happening, to experience that tension and go do the same. So that's, you're teaching them disciple making. Yes, absolutely. And and, and hoping and and praying that they get connected in a community that will continue to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So let me uh, me just close with these challenging questions for us to think through. Um, You know, the first one is, do students feel part of the church or part of a program? Uh, are they in t- attending or are they engaging? <laughs> you know, are they are they just church attenders or are they disciple makers? Are they do they have a kingdom mind as they look around at the world around them? So you know, are they just showing up week in and week out and just checking off a box and being there, mm-hmm. or are they an active part in 
uh, what the church is doing on Sunday services and small groups, but also in what the church is doing out in the community. I think that's an important question. Do students feel part of the church or part of a program? Um, The second one is, what steps have you given them to become connected to Christian community once they graduate? So Mm -hmm. we talked about that a little bit, whether that's on-campus groups or a nearby church, wherever they are. Uh, Another question is, do your students know how to disciple other students? (laughs) Uh, That's the point of this podcast, and that's what we're trying to get to. If a kid was like, if they heard the word discipleship and disciple-making, would they know what you're saying, and would they know at least in some way how to do that? And yeah, and, yeah, and in the perfect scenario, if someone came to them and said, tell me more about Jesus, right. like, do they know where to go from there? There's a lot of seeking students in college. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and so would they, would they feel that, that, uh, that they would have the confidence to handle that? And then I've said this a bunch of times, but it's my last one, is to, what's, what tensions have we created for our mm. students to navigate through? Because those tensions will come at some point or another. Will they come in the boxing match <laughs> where they've had no training? Or will they come in the sparring match so that when that boxing match comes, they could at least have a fighting chance? so to speak. So that is all I think we have to share for this particular episode. Jeremy, why don't you close us out here? Yeah, that those thoughts, Joel, I think uh, are so helpful. And uh, as we built these last few podcasts together, you can see how they're connecting together as we've talked about attractional ministry, the Bible problem, and now talking about how we prepare students for post-college. And we're going to keep on that train as we meet next time. We're going to be talking about partnering with parents. And you alluded to some of this and what you've already Mm -hmm. said in how what gets referenced and reinforced in the home has greater impact than what we can do. And so how are we working with resourcing, loving, caring, pastoring, and partnering with parents in this journey of not just preparing their students for post high school, but helping them be disciple makers. So that's what we're going to do next time. How can people find us, Joel? Uh, you can email us at disciplemakingym at gmail.com. And I believe we have an IG, we have an IG account that you sometimes post quotes on. Um, and I see them <laughs> from time to time. What's the IG uh, handle again? Disciple underscore making underscore ym it's awesome well we are so happy and grateful that you have joined us here today and we hope that this was helpful for you and so please tune into our next episode or go back and listen to episodes you haven't listened to yet and so it's so nice for you to join us today on the disciple making youth ministry podcast thanks so much for listening to this episode of the disciple making youth ministry podcast we sure do hope you enjoyed it If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcasts. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.